Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And this is The Food Fight, a frank discussion of food culture featuring Australia's top chefs, producers, and experts. We'll chat about real issues and go places others won't. This podcast travels throughout the country, and we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather and speak. And we pay respect to elders, past, present, and emerging. This episode, we chat with Simon Tui about life before MasterChef, working at a cocktail bar in London, his experience of MasterChef, and about embracing and championing vegetables. Let's introduce our guest, Simon Tui. Um, For those of you who don't know, he's a friend from school in Canberra. Mate, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I know, and it's fucking fantastic to get you back on the po- get you on the podcast. We've been talking about it, and like, I didn't even know that you were into food until I saw you were on MasterChef. I was like, Simon's on MasterChef? What the hell? Like, someone told me. <laughs> and it's actually the same. I didn't know you were into food until um, get that a bit closer. That's, that's I didn't right. even know you were into into food uh, until about six months ago as well. So yeah. it's funny how the uh, the mm. worlds align. Yeah. So like. I mean, the backstory is is that we used to play footy together yeah. even before we started at school together. Like, that's true. We played footy footy Easties. at Easties when we were probably Easties. eight years old, younger even. That's probably right. Yeah, like it was five because Jeffers was there as well. Yeah, yeah we had a lot of a lot of stories. And then yeah, we were like in each other's class in through primary school, high school, yeah. um, and. And now. never saw each other again once that finished. Yeah, well, that's it. Then it's all over. Like, it's, isn't it? It's funny like that. Because we were not best mates when we were at school, but we were no. mates. Yeah. And then, yeah, now all of a sudden things come back full circle and, mm. yeah, we get to sit really here. Really, have to pick those brains as well and talk about where everyone is that you know and everyone is that I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we're sit, sit, after, after this, we'll have a good old catch-up. But, mate, I'll, I'll like... I'll drink. We've yeah. got a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Usually doesn't have much interesting input anyway. anyway. No, exactly. It's going to be a good podcast. I know. <laughs> So, like, let's start from the start because, I mean, we've done minimal chatting before even starting this and we've got minimal time. So, when, when did you first get into food? Like, because you started, you moved to London and you started mm. working cocktail bars and stuff yeah. there. T- tell us a bit about the cocktail experience first. Well, the cocktail stuff started, uh, I worked at Filthy McFadden's in Canberra. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. That was a great bar. That was really the last time we used to hang out, actually. Yes, was that's that for sure. Okay, so yeah, that was where, the, that's, where yeah. the, that's where learning to make... Vodka lime sodas and <laughs> lemon lime bitters and like what, what's in a, like, how do you make that sort yeah. of thing and then going oh I get it and then opening cook, cocktail books and going oh there's a whole new world mm. and another friend of mine just name dropping because you know them sorry Simon I know you don't Raj, uh, Raj uh, was an old grand boy from a few years above us he ran Julep Lounge uh, yep. and I begged Monica. him for a job yep. and I was like can I please because I want to make cocktails like it's so much more exciting than mm. just pouring beer and mm. I was I think it was three years at Filthies by that stage and I was like I'm done I'm kind of done with 
pointing it. Oh, it taught me speed and craziness, and it's a crazy, crazy environment. Um, anyway, so then then Jewel Lounge happened, and then that was amazing. Absolutely loved it. Then Knightsbridge happened. Then Trinity oh, okay. happened. And then I finished university. I was like, what the fuck am I still doing here? Like my parents moved out on me and they moved up to Byron. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing in <laughs> like Canberra? You're done, Simon. This is shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. I love the place now, but it, it, you know, everyone grows up in their town, gets over it and moves mm. on and then probably you know, falls in love with it again later on down the track. So yeah. I moved up to Byron to see my folks, worked up there, uh, saved my money, then traveled across Europe for a year, uh, across Asia, all the way from, you know, from Singapore at the start, all the way through India all the way across into Turkey, all the way across into Europe. And then... Um, it's an epic trip. It was, an, it was a seriously <laughs> epic trip. And I had, didn't know much about food then. I loved food, obviously, because it's a big eater, but uh, it was always about bars. And I got a job at a bar called Kalukale. And that was, you know, long story, really long story short, that sort of where I cut my teeth in the cocktail, properly cocktail bartending, where I learned everything. I would go to a coffee shop every single morning at midday and read the history of cocktails until four or five o'clock when I started work. Mm. And then prep chef Prep, mm. prep shift and then and then work until 3am and I did that for five years amazing yeah yeah so, so really fell in love with it like yeah fell in really love with the whole deep like I didn't like history at school no and then I found history and booze and I was like this is <laughs> this is something that's interesting this yeah. is actually really cool because there's something deep about this and I lied it was four years and then I and then back to the question which is really good <laughs> I go in this massive roundabout way uh, I studied my master's in gastronomy yeah, okay. In, in Edinburgh, where so I met my partner. what does that look like? What does a master's in gastronomy look like? Well, it looks Edinburgh's like a 15,000 word dissertation I haven't done yet, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, Looking um, forward to that. Oh my gosh, I'm just dreading it. So I'm, I think I'm just going to pass on it in the end. But uh, <laughs> basically, it's, it's, it's a way too fast master's degree, master's degree in uh, in the history and science of food wow. not about like chefing you don't learn necessarily to cook i mean you know all that sort of like in depth about stuff but you learn about soil you learn about history you learn about the commons you learn about um everything you know everything that comes towards the background element of food and science and it's really exciting because i think because i've been through them and simon you know all this of course but and of course you Steph, but as in like knowing what it's like to be a chef uh, I didn't want to be in the kitchen. It's, they mm. scared me. They were angry fuckers, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I just, and I'd been around them for too long. I'd watched them for too long. And so what I really wanted to do was sink my teeth in food but not be in a kitchen. Yeah, okay. Yes. And so... It's a hard thing to balance because you said the kitchen is... Kitchen is not about cooking. Right. It's, it's so many things other than cooking, other than even learning about food. Right. It, it's regimented. You know, it says quite a lot. It's a trade. Yeah. Um, so yeah, trying to keep connected to food without being in a kitchen can be, can be you know, make sure... You find interesting paths yeah. doing that. Yeah. So did you, like when you were doing that, did you have an idea of in what capacity you wanted to work with food when you finished your um, gastronomy masters and no idea. having all this hospitality experience under your belt too, which would only be beneficial with whatever you kind of choose? Yeah, yeah. I actually had no idea. I think I wanted to become a food historian. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fascinating. Uh, especially in the UK. Like food historians in the UK yeah. are awesome, right? Yeah, right. Food historians in Australia you know, if you go into indigenous cultured food, yeah, sick. Yeah. But it's all handed down through word of mouth. Mm. Uh, there's very little writing about it. Yeah, I mean, if you did the history of Australian... You know, Modern po- Australian. Post- <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, po- <laughs> yeah. Post- post-colonization, you end up back in Europe. Yes, exactly so, right. You, you know, exactly right. So that really European. excited me there. But then it got to the stage where I finished my, my, my master's. Finished. And uh, I was like, well, there's nothing holding me in the UK anymore. There's no reason to be here. Yeah. And so I came back uh, to Australia where yeah. I started working in a bar down the road and got back into hospitality because I knew it was safe and I felt comfortable. 
Yeah. But you knew you were sort of done with bars. Was yeah. That, was that the idea? It was yeah, like yeah. moving on from bars inside. to food. Yeah. 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 I mean, I worked on the floor. I didn't work in a bar anymore. I, was yeah, like, okay. I refused to work in a bar. Yeah. Just, okay. and, and the place I was working was a, was a dispense bar. So, yeah. you know, I was working for tickets. And yeah. That's boring as bad shit in the first mm. place. So I just ended up working and serving drinks and food on the floor and quite enjoyed that because it was, you know, exciting in mm. a way. And, and I get to chat with people and be face value. But, yeah, the whole creative side of things, I kind of burnt out pretty bad. I, yeah. I definitely burnt the candle at both ends in the UK. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. As, as many people in hospitality do, yeah, yeah. wherever it, it might be. Un- unforgiving, especially in those really great bars, they are open till you know, 1am, 2am, 3am. But it doesn't stop when the customers go. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, that's right. There's the hour of, of, of clean down, or, and then there's, you know, the, what do I need for tomorrow? There's, you know, it's... It's, it's unrelenting. There's the hour of drinking. Yeah, and exactly. The hour yeah, after yeah. drinking. Yeah. And then there's going to the mate's place. Yeah. yeah. And then you wake up at 10 a.m. to start work again. It's yeah. just, I mean, there must be the biggest repeat going on in this conversation, <laughs> <Yeah>. I reckon. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like no other industry like that. I mean, mm. we've talked about... Um, but I mean, it, it's exciting for a time. Yes. Um, and it's it's nice having, you know, it's nice having, you know, a group of people you can go for a drink with after work and everyone's on the same page. But it's, it's tough to do it. Um, for a long time, mm. yeah, it's um, I, it's it's interesting too because I I can remember the emotion of just burning the candle at both ends in hospitality. Like it's draining. It's like hard. You miss you miss your friends' weddings. You yeah. you're always tired. Mm. And then like when you do get the odd day off, like you you fucking cherish it like nothing else. Yeah. You're like yes, I get a day <laughs> off. Like and, and it's never two in a row. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. When, and, it's, and it's spent either sleeping or it's like oh, I better do my washing. Yeah. yeah. But then like clean the house. Like I can remember that, but then you also like always have such fond, I I do anyway. Mm. Like when I do think about every, like all the hours I spend in kitchens or on the floor and the people that I worked with, like the relationships I developed Mm. and stuff like that. It's Mm. just this, Mm. you know, it's, it's so, it's, it's like any other, it's different to any other job. And and food is interesting to talk about. So being around like-minded people who are into food and drink, that that is just super interesting anyway. That's where the friendships are formed. So again, going back, it's, it's something you, it's exciting and a lot of people want to get into, but the realities of actually working Mm. in that front end of hospitality is hard. So um, trying to find other ways to be connected with food um, can be difficult. Yeah. You come out the other end, you know, whether that's mentally or physically or emotionally or, you know, as a business, mm. and you come out the other end and you grow up at some stage and you go, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I actually still love this mm. and I haven't fully burnt out yet and I've become, and, and I think COVID's probably one of the major reasons why um, that's, people are starting to change the way they're looking at things yeah. and they're becoming a little bit more uh, self-minded. Yeah, I've had a little little minute to stop. Yes, that's right. Like, that's oh, right. People found out what it was like yeah. to have a week off <laughs> or, or longer. Three days off in a row. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so we're in Melbourne and you're working in hospitality and mm. things like that. Um, hadn't really decided on where you wanted to go with it at this point. Just yeah. sort of working. Was this was this the point when you first applied for MasterChef? Like around this time? Yeah, I think it was maybe maybe a year. Yeah. I was here for a year. So I met, I was working in a bar uh, and I met my partner. So my partner I met in Edinburgh, but um, no relation. And then and then turns up in, in Melbourne. Right. Lives here. Um, and then, you know, yoga teacher. So there's a wonderful holistic part that I really need in my life to change mm-hmm. around my, my uh, burning candle we talk about. Um, uh, and I, there was a massive... 
I, I guess this might have been the dark, the, not the dark hole, but just the hole of no... Oh, that's right. I was trying to do. I was trying to open up an ice cream shop. Jesus, I forgot. I put right. that out of my eyes. So I was trying to open up an alcoholic ice cream shop by a guy in Edinburgh as well. Uh, and he came over and we were going to open it up in Fitzroy, make it a super niche thing. Like I'm talking 7% triple choc ice cream with fucking choc wow. chips on top. And it was going to be boozy full of like, you know, whiskey. And because it's used in food, the tariffs are less and so you don't have to pay right. any. So it was a really funky idea. Super into it. And then he just fucked off back back to Edinburgh and left me sitting with my dick in my hands. Excuse <laughs> me. So, you know, and I was really pissed off about that. So that lost me a, a good whack of coin. Um, yeah, that's, time. that's a thing. That's yeah. a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's, a, there's that dark hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, trying to find an apartment, all this sort of style stuff, just sort of like fell on top of each other constantly. And then Georgie turned came around and was like, hello. And we sort of started dating and it was great and uh, it was a quite a fast relationship um, and uh, she sort of sat me down on the bed and was like, fill the fucking form in. Really? <laughs> like, I was like, I think I want to do MasterChef. I started filling the form in when I was in Edinburgh um, and she wasn't on the scene, of course. Uh, and then I was like, oh yeah, try to fill it in Edinburgh but you know, I went past the first page and there was eight more pages to go and, I was, and she's like, fill the fucking thing in. You're not leaving this bedroom until we do it. So every single night, we, we filled the form in, page by page, until it was all done. Mm. Yeah, right. And that's, that's yeah. how it was this weird sort of like, I was working, for the, I was working as a national ambassador for Mr. Black. God, I've really blacked out a lot of this fucking part of my <laughs> like this central part, uh, which was a great was it's a like great a little job. therapy session. It really is, maybe it is. <laughs> Unpack some Where's the here. tissues in the middle of the table, by the way? Um, no, that was a great job. I really, really love mm. Mr. Black. Great product, great yeah, team, great awesome. brand, a whole lot. Uh, and um, and so I was like, right, this is the first time I've lived in a country for longer. Well, I'm going to plan on. I have not owned anything. I've been backpacking around the world for such a long period of time. Uh, lived in a country for such a long period of time. I haven't owned a couch. I haven't owned a TV. I haven't yeah. owned a car. I mm. haven't owned a bed, let alone, you know. You know <laughs> I haven't even owned a cup of freaking, like a glass pair of glasses or martini glasses. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for Mr. Black for three years. I'm going to save up. I'm going to do this amount each year and we're going to be great. I'm going to buy a house. And that's the plan. I'm back on top, baby. I'm going to have some solidification in my life. Um, uh, and then I fucking went to MasterChef and all the savings went out the window. Got paid fuck all and I'm not doing anything. Any yeah. sort of like future freaking planning to save for a house. But... You know, what a journey. Yeah, mm. exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Do you, do you remember, take us, take us to when you found out, well, confirmed that you were being on, that you were going on, Wait, that you what, got what, what chosen. What things do they ask in those forms? Because like, oh. obviously they're oh, looking darkest like, questions. let's go, yeah. What's your yeah. sphere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. If you're like, tell us, tell us about your most emotional time with your family. Wow. Really? Yeah. Because it's a huge psych assessment. Yeah, right. right. Mm. If they get you on there for... It was eight months in total for me. Wow. From start to finish. And then I did it again. For the first one. Or the second one. Yeah, Yeah, second one was six months. So, you know, you've got to make sure you're mentally prepared. Yeah, Or they've got to make sure you're mentally prepared. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and so that's what it was. And And the process went... And I'm not like it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but for some odd reason, odd reason, I just felt as though with everything I was going on, it felt quite simple. Yeah. And it was like I filled the form in. I got called up. I went to. I was going to New York to Simon Gibson's uh, yeah, wedding. Right. Shout out Simon. <laughs> Yo. Uh, and uh, so I couldn't do the Melbourne thing. I was going to Hong Kong for Mr. Black, uh, so I couldn't do the Perth one. Oh no, the Sydney one. And so I went to Adelaide to do my auditions. Mm. Um. So I filled the form in, got asked to do auditions, went to Adelaide, did the auditions, got called back for the second audition, did the second audition the next day, waited a, 
three months got called to go on the show. Wow. Was it, what was it like 50. when you got the, got called to go on? It was really weird. I mean, have you ever remembered going into, I don't know, when was the last time you felt like chronic anxiety? Like, I don't know if you have any mental health issues, yeah. but that feeling of like, uh, like nervousness, like yeah. a, a grand final of a sports game. Yeah, or okay. like, you know, going to show your artwork at a thing and hoping people like it, you know, yeah. all this sort of stuff. Mm. stuff. That, like, and four. Mm. And you just got, if I stuff up. And then, and then the weight of like millions of people watching. Yeah, dude. You a lot. It's, it's, it's the biggest fucking show. It's yeah, the biggest show. Yeah. And it's not even the biggest show in, in like, for Australia, it's small as in the sense like it's still the biggest show for how many people view it. Yeah, yeah. But in India, seven million people watch MasterChef. Yeah, I mean, and the, then wow. in Pakistan, the same. MasterChef brand. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's the most exported yeah. BBC, yeah, BBC originally or British show mm. in the world. So it's, it's you know it's not just it Australian BBC, watching, yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The original one was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Lloyd Lloyd Grossman one. <laughs> You're gonna go <laughs> so go, go back OG. Yeah, it yeah. Was like, it was like just like pretty much black and white. It was yeah, 80, well, yeah. 87 wasn't it? Something like that. I can't yeah, remember. Wow. So it went for years and it, then it ceased to be because yeah. it was it was just like you'd invite like some home cooks on and yeah. they'd, they'd do a couple of dishes. I think that was it. Like, I had it was, no idea. It was nothing like it yeah. is now. It got re like rebranded you know a decade ago in the UK and it just took off. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, right kind of timing with all the chefs and people's interest in chefs. And, and we're this, we're, we've got our own, I think, well, basically the modern master chef is the Australian master chef. And yeah. so all the, all the um, like Singapore master chef, I think is Malaysian master chef and Indian master chef, they all base it now around the Australian. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah, the UK yeah. have kept their, their style. Yeah, it's a bit different, mm, man. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know, where's a good place to start? I guess like, what does it what does it feel like when you take us to like sort of first day like when you're actually on the show and it's like shit I'm in this competition like obviously you've got producers and stuff who are prepping you for it like yeah. they're telling you what's going on yeah. and things like that like I guess how much of it is is it like cuz I assume it's like it's such a big deal like are you 100% invested into this competition from day one like or is it like fuck I'm like I'm on this show and like it's not that big of a deal if I don't win because the the, the thing that they do well as producer a production team it's like the way that they invest the viewer mm. is by creating investment from the get oh, cool. from the guests and things like that 100%. like it's like you guys look like you guys are fucking just stressing yeah. out behind those 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 holes it, it is so you like i i thought <laughs> i thought you'd have to be invested to be on the show right yeah. why wouldn't you but yeah, then apparently do. there's people on the show they're like oh no i don't give a fuck yeah okay like right. if i leave tomorrow you know it is yeah, what it yeah. is and you're like but why the fuck are you here give it yeah. to someone else who gives mm. a shit you know like mm. i don't know what i want from the end of it but mm. like at least i know i want to be trying my skills or whatever the real result is because you know why would you go on in the first place I'm not 100% sure why would you go on the show. I liked the show did I want to get famous at the end of it fuck it who doesn't mm. but like what did I want to get from it I wanted to learn a bucket load Yeah. like I wanted to learn heaps in the fastest way possible and yes that's the stupidest way to do it because slow as any <laughs> chef would understand trying to get any sort of culinary skill is by learning from scratch and really working your way through the processes but from the background of the cocktail world, I was like, fuck it all. Let me just go as deep as mm. I possibly can. If I'm going to, sw- if I'm going to sink, then so be it. I'll go back to, cu- I'll go to culinary school and work it out myself or, and work it out from there. Or if I swim, then amazing. Where's this going to lead me? And I can also read and continue from here on my personal journey, which mm. is really cool. Um, but so you did learn a shitload. Yeah, I did learn a shitload. Like I, I assume you would be learning all the time from the people around you, from the judges and from yeah. the guests that come in. Like yeah. it's crazy. Well, you don't, 
they always, they always promised masterclass in a, in a hotel in a, in a house we stayed in but we never really got masterclasses we oh, never really okay. got taught but what we did learn is learn from ourselves and each other mm. I mean there's a bunch of amateur cooks so the stuff we're cooking anyway is relatively based on our own historical knowledge uh, especially if it's cultural yeah you know um, or what we've read or, or whatever or what cookbooks we've bought along yeah, yeah. and we didn't we weren't allowed computers we weren't allowed phones uh, we weren't didn't have any internet we weren't allowed the TV wow. To on Channel Ten anyway to watch any of the ads and stuff like that if it was mm. on and we and we the only uh, study we were allowed to do was of the three hundred cookbook library we had if not more that's cool five hundred cookbook yeah. library cool. in the house and the access to that yeah. alone is pretty is pretty well awesome. that's right and you look at how many quicksand books, books in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> just get some of them I in. doubt <laughs> 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 you'd be bloody surprised <laughs> there was everything in there if I had known you I'd have to look out for something I would have only so if I see my duck egg dish on. <laughs> on Mars Chef, and they've got the Illawarra cookbook. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, I wonder if they did. Yeah, we're all on hotels now. It's all right changed. Now. Yeah, okay. But how, um, how much do they do they prep you with what to expect? Um, none at all. None. None. They might give you a hint yeah. if like Sweet Week is going to come up, mm. which was great because I still fucked it anyway. But uh, <laughs> you know, they 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 might give you a nod. Yeah. But in fairness, nothing, and yeah. they don't give you any time. So what you see when they say ready, say go on the show. Add a piss break in between that, and that's how long you get to think about what you're going to cook. Wow. Mm. Far out. Yeah. And the food, before anyone goes, the food is room temperature, yeah. but the sauces are kept warm. Yeah. Okay. How's that? But, but <laughs> the thing is, the judges are tasting the whole way through the cook. Yeah. Like yeah. they're walking around tasting all your food. Yeah. And you've got 35 people looking at the screens on behind the scenes that you'd know going on. And so those people are relaying onto the judges, going, hey, check this out, check that out. This person's doing this. You know, he's split mm. this sauce or he's, you know, burnt this side of thing or he's. You know, spat in the food, whatever it would yeah. be, right? <laughs> Never got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, did you know before kicking off on there that you wanted to champion veggies in your cooking while you're on the show? Like, did, when, when yeah. did you get into that world? Again, it was a bit of an aha moment. Um, my partner is is vego. Uh, her brother is vegan. Uh, Mum's, you know, f- follows the follows the follows the fam. Um, but it's also the same. And I was like, you know, I think there's a lot of things where everything's kind of done to death and what things haven't been done to death. This is element of like plant-based eating. Mm. And I don't mean forcing it down to people's throats. I mm. mean, finding stuff grown from the soil and going, God, that is amazing. I can't believe that ca- cabbage is purple. Like, mm. How whack is that? And now what can I do with that that no one's ever thought of before? Mm. And it was, on the, it was on the starting wave of the rose cauliflower. Like that's yeah, when it yeah. sort of started. I f- I, and, and I was like, this is perfect. And mm. also what no one's done, let's find the most stupidest thing someone could do and let's try it. And that's making a smokehouse for vegetables. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't necessarily, people be like, why would you do that? And not because it's not mm. possible, but because everyone associates smokehouses well, with fucking long, long cooked yeah. meats. I mean, and people, people don't put the same amount of effort into veg as they do in meat. You're right. Um, just, just like there's not the same process, not the same technique. And no. And there's some, less care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's why? Why is that? Why wouldn't you take as much care? Even a lot of you know great restaurants, great chefs, their their veg menu is a bit of an afterthought. Oh, it's, it's, to, it's to keep people happy. Um, and I want to do that. So I go to restaurants, and, and I'll and I'll name. I went to uh, Gaia in Gertrude Street, mm-hmm. and we are we are the veg menu, fucking delicious, mm. so good. Like they make their they they make this most beautiful tofu dish, and they get every single part of the process and recreate a dish through this final thing. So it's this awesome story, right? But then we go to another restaurant uh, of the same hatted quality. Yeah. And it's shite. So mm. I know I'm really going back. That's okay. The microphone must be driving you nuts. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. When I'm on camera, at least you know what I'm doing when I'm, when I'm fiddling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, the results you get if you, if you put the same effort, we did a, 
I love parsnips, my favorite dishes. And I'm like, I'm going to take the same care as like a piece of brisket with a parsnip. So I did like brining and then steaming and then yes. smoking and then glazing. Yes. And it comes out and it's, it's just like a pretty special thing. And you can get as much kind of joy and as much kind of creativity right. with, with veggies as me. Yeah. Um, which, which is, again, and it must just be a kind of historical thing because yeah. chefs generally are always pushing for new thing, next thing, but there's a bit of a, a blind spot when it comes to veg a lot of time. I think so dishes. too. And, that's, and now it's come to the stage where I actually get really excited about ordering the veg mm. dishes mm. because I want you, cause, cause I want you to can take me on a journey. I know if I go to a good restaurant, there's going to be some sort of braised-based meat. There's going to be a really slow-based... I don't know, brisket or maybe like uh, a bone-in like ribeye or mm. some sort of like um, short rib or a piece of duck or yeah. you know what I mean? And mm. I know the duck's going to be served with some fucking fruit because it's obviously served with fruit uh, and some sort of jus or glaze on top of that that's been yeah. fucking... And you know, I know that's going to be there and that's a massive generalization. Don't you might even get duck served with radicchio and Illawarra plum or something like that. <laughs> and it's just like, ugh, like again with the fucking duck. <laughs> one of my favorite dishes. Illawarra so, uh, plum. Let's, 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 yeah, putting my foot in the right there. Illawarra plum is yeah. something that no one, you know, that is a delicious fucking ingredient. I was, I was ingredient, so don't worry about the game that way. No, that was actually a good dish, Simon. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. And I just think so many times when you go to a place, uh, we know that that happens m- even more with veg. Like, how many restaurants when it's you know you're going to see beetroot, goat cheese, and pine nuts? Well, let's flip this on this head. They're right? delicious. Oh my god, let's flip it but on the head. I, I don't want any more honey carrots in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want any more fucking Caesar salad made in a different way. Like, yeah. I don't want any more of that. Like the the torn iceberg with a massively over the top dressing. Mm. Go away. Like all <laughs> these sorts of things. Not go away. They're, they are good. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. But I don't want them. Yeah. And I just think there's so much more. To it, mm. uh, that that's exciting. Yeah, you know, even yeah. the cauliflower steak, that thing still excites me. Like, I think that's still great yeah. because you're doing it. But at the same time, like, there's this, which is really know. cool. Like, like following you on Instagram and stuff like that, I've noticed. Like, you you really seem to be experimenting a lot yeah. with with the way you're cooking and stuff. Like techniques, trying to. What was that fucking grits you made the other day oh, that you yeah, put on there? Buckwheat, yeah, popped buckwheat grits. Yeah, mm. yeah, that was sick. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> So I did this. I did some work with Sourcebog Foods. Hi, Source. Amazing people, by the way. Bye there. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was buckwheat grits, and it was super cool because I did this thing where I decided to buy you know 400 grams of popped buckwheat, which I thought was hilarious. Like mm. great, just for practice. I don't know what for, just because. Right? Yeah. Stuff you do when you're. I, a chef. I always see stuff like that. Like, buy random shit. Let's yeah. try that. Yeah. Anyway, so of course because it's popped, it comes out 400 grams is like six giant jars of buckwheat. <laughs> you know, so it's like this thing. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, what am I going to do? So literally about six months later, I've still got them untouched in this fucking set of jars, right? And I was like, what am I going to do with that? Uh, I've been reading a lot of Southern cuisine recently and, uh, and I find that, and obviously American, not Australian, mm. but um, that's a fascinating world in yeah. itself. And I was like, right, well, if you can do a popcorn or a, you know, a, a corn grits, then why couldn't you do something popped? And we did this sort of like I did this sort of thing where you you pour in the the stock, which is a really really hearty sort of super umami mushroom stock with heaps of um, kombu and stuff like that, right? Mm. And uh, and then you pour in only like a small amount of the grits, or a small amount of the pop buckwheat, and then you've got to keep refreshing, otherwise yeah. it just soaks up all the liquid and turns into sludge, right? So you have to keep making it really quite fresh, and then you pass it, and then you cook it back in, right? And at the same time, I've been doing working with Onions Australia, doing some dishes with them. So I've been and working on this new smokehouse uh, menu for 
Black Pearl and uh, working on this really like burnt onion style dish, right? Mm. Sick, everyone's done it, I know, but I'm doing it, so fuck off. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and it worked, like it was amazing. So yeah. I passed it through, made it super silky, like kept pushing it and then um, put, some, put some, uh, some oat milk just to sort of thin it out a little bit then had these like really slow jammy onions on top of that. Mm. And it was banging. Like, yeah. it was super banging. So, really that's like, that. just sort of goes to that point of, like, experimenting and innovating and mm. the the world that's out there for vegetables that's still sort of untapped. I yeah. mean, we live in this weird, interesting world with food where, like, you know, gastronomy has been around for so long mm-hmm. and we've been following tradition for so mm. long and it's only, like... You know, in the in in a, a more recent generation, that things are being really, really pushed. Like, I mean, until Josh and Ireland came along, we didn't know what was possible with fish. Really, like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, sort of. I mean, Japanese techniques and things like that do yeah. get passed through and stuff like that. But like, it takes it takes people to be yeah. really focused on innovation. I, I mean, so it all comes down to customer demand. Like the the fact there is a. I mean, I think Australia's got the biggest, the fastest growing vegan community in the world. Yeah. So, well, in South Africa. Yeah, well. Which is really um, random. I thought yeah, that yeah. would be barbecue heavy. Yeah, that's, yeah it just seems, that seems counterintuitive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, now, now there's a, there is a, people are eating more plant-based and even meat eaters are trying to eat less meat and we realise that's probably you know, one of the best ways to go. Yeah. There is opportunity now to push and to, I mean, mainly to still make money. You can always push, but can you open a restaurant that serves yeah. that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, we're kind of realising the amount of flavor and the depth you can get like, like onions alone oh. you can get so much flavor oh. out of them like it's ludicrous Fuck. and that's the thing like and you know the two things on this one you know you got a meat you got a, you got a butcher you got a meat chef right you got a fish like josh island of course mm. and then the vegetable chef is like oh what the fuck you're you're a vegan chef no mm. i'm just i just fucking love cooking with vegetables yeah like you know you could take what did the other day fermented whole cabbages that this is amazing dish and i can't remember it's on um leichardt street uh, anyway, famous, famous, famous. Anyway, so I took this uh, baby cabbage, tiny little number, uh, red one, fermented it for a week in a really low salt brine, so, so mm. it didn't come out sort of like real acid, and then deep fried it. And fuck, <laughs> I just you know. And then I was looking uh, at uh, Mark Bess the other day, and he did this wombok where he rubbed it in sesame oil, cut it in half, rubbed the cut side, put it in cut side down, and roasted it for two hours. Mm. So I was like, sick, love mm. that. It lost all its moisture, but internally it's yeah. acidic. Externally it's sweet. So I was like, what? What else can I do this with? Yeah. You know, cut a cabbage in half, uh, rub it in the same oil, cook it for four hours, and it literally turned from a full size cabbage half the size, and the flavor you get out of that is banging. And the mm. bottom of it is turns into caramel, and it's awesome. Mm. You know, taking persimmons and you know you make black garlic by fermenting in a dehydrator yeah. for three months or whatever. Do the same thing with persimmon. Mm. That's fucked yeah like that has turned into jam yeah like black jam yeah there's <laughs> yeah there amazing of persimmon flavor yeah we used to wrap persimmons in uh beeswax and age them Stop. And, then, and to the point then no stress Stop. i'm oh loving how excited you're getting about um, this and yeah and like and when after That's after like a month we'd crack them open and we'd like that was basically the dessert we'd just scoop scoop out like the two sides on the plate i don't know what we Stop. did it with um, but like yeah it was just Fair like question. that was done so can you do this and don't tell anyone on that because mm. this is something I'm working into now is can, what about you talk about like rubbing meats in, in fat of course yeah, to yeah. blanket it you do the same thing with fish you yeah fish. What, like I've been hanging red purple carrots in my fridge for the last couple of weeks to, just to dehydrate yeah. them and see how they go like what is the chances of aging 
vegetables in I've, this sort of way and rubbing them in their own fat. It can't be I've, meat-based. It has yeah, to be completely plant-based. I've, 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 thought, I've thought about this because I was like, could you like, like, would there be benefit of drying a carrot? Because you've all had like a right. carrot carrot where you're like, oh, it's an old be. carrot. But like, yeah. like what's the, I mean, what's the chemical breakdown of that? Right. But yeah, like, like, like beeswax I mean, yeah, people do meat in that, but like that—that that could be a yelling in your ear. Sorry, that's right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, but there's there's definitely like I mean maybe not root veg because maybe they do lose their kind of yeah. a lot of sugars. But there's well, definitely. But you look at the Japanese style of the north; they do their um their radishes. Mm. They they dry so they smoke them for yeah ages until yeah. they fully dehydrate and they pickle them. But I mean, it's the thing is like 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 we know these things work with meat because there's history and then there's you know, scientific mm. research behind it. Is there anyone doing this? With vegetables. I've got to start talking. Like, I've got this guy. Shut up, I'm not telling anyone. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like this is like, I, I, I would really like to get involved in universities in the future and be like, be like, can you make all these right. weird ideas I have at right. 2 a.m.? Can we play with them? Can we right. do them? Can we do them? Like, right. Well, you know what I'm going to say out loud. So got, uh, a friend of mine uh, is one of the head scientists for the CSIRO food tech place. Awesome. Right around the corner from my house. Wow. And I just went out there and had a look at, I got a few things going on. And, um, I'll, ta- I'll chat with him. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so many little questions. Because like, it'd be so good. Thing. Yeah. Just find all this stuff. Such, such stuff. But I mean, yeah. The, right. like, the, the world of vegetables is, is vegetables. awesome when you... Ve- ve- did I say vegetables? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> At the age of, ve- the veg- age of 10 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Vegetables uh, are good. Ve- vegetables are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your vegetables. We've got, we've got 10 minutes until we need oh, to wrap. So Sorry. I need to talk it. No, this is great because... Mm. With the limited amount of time we have and the amount of stuff we've got to talk about, um, we just do what we're doing, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But I do want to talk about two things before we finished. Tell us about Sustainable Earth Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about that, I? Yes. Yeah. yeah, my baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I opened the smokehouse, um, plant based smokehouse, uh, October a couple of years ago. And, um, and I met the photographers that did the opening of it all. So they, they just did, they were just there. You know, mm. the, my, my agent got these two photographers in and I was like, hey, how are you doing? And he actually studied food science as well, which is really cool. And his partner. Um, and we just got chatting. <laughs> Literally just got chatting. <laughs> and then a month later, we, you know, he, we talked about his co- this concept. Uh, he's like, oh, what about Sustainable Earth Network? And I was like, that's a freaking great thing. I think it's fantastic. He's like, cool, let's let's wait out this busy period and let's get to it. And I was like, cool. And then two weeks later, like, no, sorry. Sorry. It's all that water I'm drinking. Two days later, um, he's like, stuff waiting. Let's start mm. filming. Mm. And so we, we did our first season of Sustainable Earth Network, which is on YouTube uh, under Sustainable Earth Network. And um, called the whole thing, focusing on... Basically, the concept of the whole company is focusing on past past farming and production practices and bringing them to the f- to the future, mm. bringing them forward, as opposed to putting that band aid on, right? To try and fix something else, yeah. like making pink algae for cattle to lower the methane, but you can't serve that necessarily to 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 um, free range because they eat grass, so you can only feed that to feedlots, which means you're making feedlots okay. Mm. You know, that shits the yeah, fucking yeah. shit out of me, and mm. that happens across all boards because money's there. Mm. Mm. So we're trying to look at ways. Uh, that people are trying to do natural, beautiful, harmon, harmo, harmonized, harmonic, homogenous, harmonic, no, harmonic, yeah, harmonic harmonic. Thing. harmonious, uh, harmonious, thank you, yeah, <laughs> harmonious <laughs> things that are working really well with the environment, that permaculture sort of ethic. Yeah, mm. um, that's the way, man. Like, yeah, we can keep fucking up our world in trying to yeah. figure out the best way to make money, but then like inject a little bit of sustainability into everything. But unless you think about the bigger picture, yeah, but I mean, you need you need modern. You need to, like I said, bring in bring in the old ways into a modern world because totally. we still need to feed a lot more people than when these practices were in yeah. things. So there's, there's so many issues with it, and it, yeah, well, we and, still and you, can even if we, 
you know, anyway. Yeah. You so, still can. so what's the like? What's the vision? What's the you know? Is, is it as much about amplifying the people doing the right job? You know, yeah, yeah, that's it. So we're looking, we're putting it through a way that I think is really. Although we in this industry now know there's a lot of media for the people out there, media isn't necessarily the biggest. It's there, mm. but there's so much more to scream about. Yeah. You know, it reaches such a large target market that we're after, uh, and people, especially young people, are coming around that way. So we're basically online at the moment. And we're sticking to that because that's where a lot of our. I don't know why I did that. We're sticking <laughs> to that because that's where we know people will engage yeah uh, however if we can you know we have the ability to sell to netflix to sell mm. or to just you know to try and sell to someone else it isn't online mm. uh and also to any other channel basically media-based channel which would be really good because we have the equipment we've got the camera crew we've got the editing systems we've got you know the the the, the film people and rah, 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 rah. so the idea from this is to not just stick it to one thing but but if you have an idea and you think this is something that's going to be amazing and you have the charismatic, uh, charismatic level to be able to produce this in front of the screen, then let us know. Yeah. And we have the quality to do it. We have mm. the product. Yeah. So we'll make a show with you. And now, obviously, you're not going to make any money and we're not going to make any fucking money. But if we can sell it, <laughs> mm. then amazing. I mean, mm. if you look at the way Vice produces their news, none of their news is on a news channel. Yeah. It's on millions or... Sorry, it's a bit of an exaggeration. It's on 100 people around the world creating product that they've taught themselves their certain mm. certain way of selling their news. That's how you mm. do it. You take you in, we'll teach you how to do it as a as um, people who present that way, also known as people who uh, go and work with, you know, anyway, journalists. Mm. So, you know, this is, our, this is our form of journalism. Go off and do it. And they and then they just keep producing this network, and this, yeah. con- this constant web of amazing stuff, and ama- which I prefer watching than mm. watching sort of like you know any news on any sort of base TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we want to do that with what the sustainability network is. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Through La- sustainability of food. Last Ooh. couple of ones. Tell us about your, your show, freshly picked. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got a TV show too. I do <laughs> we just got signed for another two seasons? So amazing. Awesome. Another sixty episodes. Really, really happy. Um, super excited about it. Purely plant based. We have the we have the only two, and I'm look. Don't don't fact check me on this, but we have the only two <laughs> plant based shows in Australia, and that's freshly picked and Sustainable Earth Network. And out yeah, of well. that, everyone's too afraid. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe, and I'm going to throw that out there until we not. But mm. you know, everyone's too afraid to not add butter. Yeah. Or to try and think of a way to not not have to add eggs. Mm. You know. Yeah. Fuck it. Try not. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So so that's that's great. So freshly picked is doing really well. Um. Well, I think it's doing really well. Channel 10. <laughs> Channel 10, 3.30. Yes, mm. love it. Uh, end of school days. Get yourself, get your kids home from school. The new, the new Big Huey. Grab the... No. <laughs> he was same, always same, on at 3.30 Same company used to do. Same yeah. company used to do Big Huey. I shouldn't He's say into it. I shouldn't say anything. There's a history. There is a um, history. Yeah, that's an amazing one. Love it. To finish, do you... like? Have you found what you, what you, what you want to do now? Oh, so much. Right. Oh, so much. Mm-hmm. I finish, you know... Again, people, you go, both have done media before and this. I finish a 10-hour filming day and I go, that was the best day of my life. That was yeah, okay. awesome. And I go home to my partner who is the most amazing human being in the world, you know, to my dog who is the most amazing <laughs> puppy, you know, you could ever ask for. You know, so it's, for now, I am, oh, com- I am complete. Mm. Still not taking an income, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you try to start a business and, yeah. and try to get people to sort of engage in what you mm. do. But fuck, I love it. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't ask for anything better. I'd like to be, I'd like to, I, I have a bit of a, uh, uh, what's that called? Uh, imposter syndrome going on here. Cause yeah. you know. I was going to ask about that. Most successful people do. 
It seems. Yeah, like, but I've also, I, I, you know, there's chefs who hate us because mm. I got in MasterChef and then I've created this thing. You know, fuck you. Yeah. Go, go do it yourself, you dickhead. I you think, know, I you don't have to wait chefs, for me to be angry at me to I not do it I think it's the MasterChef contestants who are like, I just always wanted to be a chef. And it's like, you could yeah, that, use yeah. your job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many <laughs> jobs going. Like, yeah. like, I think it's, like, it's realizing it's a tool for um, working in food outside of kitchens. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's the... It's the chef part when it's like you know we we you know you might go and be a chef from this and it's yeah. like we we all we all chefs and we yeah like I think that's where where well, it's chefs also the get god complex it. from it as well that yeah. they get you know they think that shit don't stink and rah, mm. rah, rah, and um but it's hard you know happens. like because chefs like chefs slog it out you know yeah. and yeah. you can see and it's a fucking hard industry and stuff yeah. like that and you know there are probably chefs out there yeah. who are like why don't I have a profile like I mm. I, I work hard and I'm. I've got awards and totally. my businesses are successful and things like that. And, you know, having a profile allows you to allows you to elevate your business and mm. yep. all that sort of stuff. Yep. So go for you know, open another one. Yeah. You want so, to do. And, right. but 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 the but that's the like the, the hard thing for you is that you have to you know, you have to walk in with a profile. Well I also and then <laughs> I also shouldn't say what I necessarily what I said before and I will backtrack because I did my f- I've done my like I started at fifteen in hospitality exactly, and mm. I finished at yeah. you know I still not finished. It's the only job I've ever done. I did six months as a travel agent, and I told the manager to go fuck herself and got fired. <laughs> so I went straight back to hospitality again. Yeah. That's my stint, that. and so I did my hours. And did I get to where I am now by doing those hours? No. Did I want to do what I was doing now by doing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I want to do exactly what I was doing now back mm. when I was in London doing that sort of stuff. Stuff maybe in the booze industry. I was writing. TV shows, media-based shows when I was there. And I yeah. was doing that when I was working at Knightsbridge, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to be where I was. Mm. And I got given that amazing kickstart. So I take it back. I'm the asshole. I <laughs> shouldn't have said what I said because it's really hard for those who want to create a profile like what you said and try to get it like that. Yeah, but in at the same time, it's like... Don't go back on what you said before because now that makes me have to no, go back No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But like, I think that... The thing that separates everything is that like whether it's in media and whether or not you get a leg up through an opportunity like MasterChef or anything, if you don't do the work afterwards, then you're not getting anywhere. Like you you can either choose to grab the bull by the horns after that opportunity and and try to make it your life Mm. or you can you can go back to working in hospitality yeah. you know there's a lot more totally. masterchef contestants totally. out there who have faded into obscurity yeah. than oh, ones yeah. that are still I think, I think there's some 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 ex masterchef contestants are doing interesting stuff yep. in sort of place i think another thing that i mean this this bothers me a little bit is that media in australia are much quicker and it, it makes complete sense they're much quicker to go to a masterchef contestant for a spot on anything than they are an actual chef yeah mm. uh, but it's it's of course they are like who's got the bigger profile? Well, that's for the, the, for the thing, it's, right? It's all, about it's, the yeah. it's all about the viewers and the making money and the media. So of course it's going it to be is. that way. Yeah. But um, I think Australia is, is is particularly fond of MasterChef contestants, no matter what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But you're yeah. right; you do fade into complete obscurity if you're not ready to do the work. Yeah, yeah. you got to work because they give 100%. you the pedestal. You're there. Yeah. Like hello. You know, what else you wanted to do for you? We literally just gave you what you need mm. to do whatever you wanted. Now, if you didn't have a vision. That's not our fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to go and do the hard yards, and, I, exactly. and as I said, I haven't taken a paycheck in a very, very long mm, time, yeah. and I am clutching at straws when it comes to anything. But I know what I want to do. Yeah, and I know the direction I want to be at, and so I'm focused so hard on that. A few depressing moments here and there, but like you got to pick yourself back up. Yeah, and you yeah go, God, I hate the fucking shitty metaphors I'm throwing out. No, nah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's good. To, no, like because the thing is, I think that a lot of people, you know, would look at 
you know, they just know you because you were on MasterChef and they watched it and now you, they follow you on Instagram and they're like, oh, look at him. He's like mm. so successful and I want to be like, it's like, it's not, <laughs> it's not just a matter of like standing in front yeah. of your camera I mean, and you're not have getting cash put in your pocket. No. Um, we have to wrap up. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we're completely done? <laughs> uh, no, same collaboration number one. Collaborations with Pearl, which is really cool. Uh, a couple of places in India I'll be opening up at the end of the year. Wow. I'm allowed in there, but probably be next year, obviously. Um, yeah. That's an exciting Watch Freshly one. Pick TV. Watch Freshly Pick TV. Yeah, 3.30, <laughs> Channel 10. <laughs> and, um, mate. And thank you both. That's both it. Of us. Thank, thank you, you so much. You. Sorry. Coming in. So good thank you so you. much for joining us. And I like... This conversation can go on for a long time, but I, I have a feeling it's the first of many. Yes. So, please, mate. Great to see you. <laughs> Thanks, man. See everyone. Hello, dear listeners. Steph here. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Food Fight. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at The Food Fight Podcast on Instagram or The Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to talk to you. Please leave us a five star review on iTunes. That really helps. If you want to hit me up, it's quicksandfood.com or at quicksandfood on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with Simon, it's Simon underscore Evans underscore TBD on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again with another episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.